0: The light treason news, everyone, pop culture politics, and guess what? A sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by, and we could not have timed this better, Eric.
1: I was gonna say, this is also uh, because of the structure of the show, it's usually just a recap show, but uh this is actually a sprinkle of uh of breaking news as well.
0: Yes, moments, mm-hmm. mere moments before I called Eric and we started recording. Um who who called the election for Biden was it? I saw NBC News.
1: CNN was the first that I saw, but pretty much at the same time CNN, NBC, and the AP all called it at the same time.
0: I don't know how it is by you, Eric. My neighborhood and my building is going ape shit. Uh this is really one of those moments where I so deeply love brooklyn so much people are honking they are leaning out of their windows um screaming
1: yeah yeah it it took a few minutes to get to us after they called it i was kind of i saw people tweeting like oh my neighborhood in brooklyn is going crazy and then i was like listening outside and nothing was really happening but then like 15 minutes later it finally came and people were, were singing and and yelling and and stuff like that so Yeah,
0: I was surprised because um, I didn't anticipate being so happy to see a neoliberal win (laughs) the presidency. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I guess this is what happens after four years of rule under a fucking fascist. Um, The second I heard everyone screaming and cheering, uh, I burst into tears. So uh, there was just some immediate relief even though i know um this fixes nothing and we have a lot of hard work ahead of us i'm just so just hearing the level of relief mm-hmm. in people's voices and feeling how scared people were and having that even glimmer of of happiness or release or whatever you want to call it uh was very overwhelming
1: yeah yeah i uh, you know, obviously I'm not like the most stoked about Joe Biden, but I'm glad you're not.
0: No. Why? Uh, Tell me. I'm glad
1: that uh, uh, Trump is will be gone. I caution people that this does not definitively mean the race is over. There are, I think, I know. Still, uh some legal maneuvers trump could pull and gum it up in the courts so i guess we'll see what happens with that but uh it's,
0: i think this will make it much more difficult for yeah. him to do that yeah it's yeah. it's definitely
1: more difficult um but i'm also you know what i'm also really happy about is that uh his it's like it's it's a combination of being happy that he's gone and then also a combination of happy of like i'm glad that all of the weird sycophancies that he has will be relegated to the dregs of society again because they're not going to go where they belong right they're not going to go away like those people i mean that's just who they are they're not going to go away but at least like their man is not in power anymore and so yeah they'll
0: probably all start like a news network together or something can
1: you like i mean imagine i mean I know this is difficult because it's been this has been uh the only thing anyone's talked about for four years but like imagine donald trump is not the president and trying to take QAnon seriously you know what i mean yeah but y-
0: oh you mean like electing them to congress right
1: but it's like but but we had to because they were all his people and he's the president so they get propped right. up onto this national stage because they're all his supporters so it's like now we can go back to treating these fucking weird internet conspiracies as exactly what they are instead of taking them seriously and, like, putting people in fucking Congress. You know what I mean? Like This
0: whole time, there's just a cacophony of honking. Like, I, I don't know if my mic will pick up any of it, but like people are setting off fire. It's like it's going off in Brooklyn right now, you guys, nice. especially because it is going to be like a high of 70 degrees today because. Oh, yeah. Um, it's
1: nice for the first time in a couple of weeks.
0: Climate change and uh, it's terrifying, mm. but in the short term, it's like a nice day. So everybody's outside right now. Yeah the energy is just insane in my neighborhood right now. So, um, sorry if I am all over the map and distracted, this literally just broke seconds before, um, calling Eric. So, uh, (laughs) it's all still very new. Obviously this counts as going into the good news section. I would say one step closer to not having to fucking listen to Trump's mouth every day. Um, can't wait for Twitter to ban him once he's no longer president for posting constantly misleading statements. Um, But yeah, I obviously we're going to get to all of the election news Mm. because there, there's more stuff that (laughs) happened, you guys, than just the uh, vote for the presidency, even though that was a big one. Uh, but before we get to any of that, we are of course in the pop culture section. This is where I read your Patreon questions for me or my guests, uh, and we offer pop culture recommendations. Mm-hmm. It feels insane to talk about <laughs> anything else right now. Yeah. I feel like a crazy person, well, we'll, but we'll, we will.
1: Yeah, we'll get back to it. I also would like. We'll get back. To I would also like to say I'm very happy that Steve Kornacki can finally go to sleep. It, he d-
0: we can finally, <laughs> finally let him rest. It's, been a, it's um, been a
1: long week. He deserves it. He deserves to go to... It is... Yeah,
0: deeply funny to me whenever like every four years people discover Steve Kornacki <laughs> yeah. and it's always the same sequence of discovering him where they're like who's this weird little man on my tv wow he's really smart oh my god and he's gay <laughs> and everybody's so happy yeah. but it's always like that sequence of like this guy's crazy oh wait I think he's low-key brilliant mm-hmm. uh and then also finding out like yeah he's he's a he's a gay man and he's been out for like a decade um, yeah. I, but yeah, I, mean- I I will say Steve is simultaneously emblematic of the worst aspects of horse race election coverage, mm-hmm. but also the best we have within that awful world. Do you know what I mean? Where he is just like... I'm sure everybody has seen the viral clip by now of him doing a uh, pretty advanced pole math uh, in his head. And then the computer catches up with Steve and he's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I Well, I think the thing about Steve, I mean, it is that, but it's also like, I think that's just the reality of what we have. And I think if somebody's yes. got to do it, he's the best one to do it. Um, Ex-
0: that's exactly how I feel where I'm like, I hate this, but if we have to have it, I think that part of the reason everybody loves Steve is he's just a smart, capable, seemingly kind individual who's good at his job. He's like, when you watch Steve Kornacki, you're watching capability porn. Right.
1: Absolutely. And it's
0: it's incredibly satisfying to watch him be very good at his job because he is the best.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely
0: um so eric first and only patreon question is for you yes
1: um
0: oh actually i just realized people have spoken i don't know why my gmail is not oh wow i keep getting how convenient error safety wow
1: how convenient just like the election there's something good for eric and all of a sudden there's computer error
0: Calm down. I have your one question up on my computer. It is still (laughs) here. Um, Before I get to that, though, I wanted to tell everyone, because some very sweet people were asking how they could watch my short hum that got into Mm. the New York City Web Fest. Um, So I'm going to post the link, the Eventbrite or uh, uh, excuse me, eventive link Mm. uh, over on the episode recap and various social media platforms. Oh my God. My phone is blowing up (laughs) right now. I'm so distracted anyway. um, (laughs) So if you want to see the whole web fest, uh, obviously that's a whole bunch of movies. So tickets will, will run you something like 40 bucks. But if you just want to watch the block I'm in, which is like the horror suspense block, Um, it's $8 and it's on November 13th and I will link to the tickets if you want to see my film. I, I believe my film Hum closes out the block, but I think there's like four or five shorts that are in it. But it's a really cool way to support artists and, um, yeah, like low budget artists. Like, none of us uh, Mm -hmm. had like studio backing or anything like that. So, uh, if you want to do that, it's $8. And it's a cool way to support people from the comfort of your home. Nice. Uh, Obviously, I don't see that money or anything. This is just supporting the New York City Web Fest, but they're cool, and I encourage you to support them. So okay, Eric. Yes. you have a question from Stance,
1: Stance, over
0: at my Patreon. What yes, cool Stance. Uh, what are your thoughts? And uh, believe it or not, you've actually answered this already on the show. Excellent. But it's cool, Stance. Don't feel bad. Uh, there's no reason that you should have been <laughs> up to speed on any of Eric's uh uh answers to these questions. So. For the benefit of everybody, maybe you could just um, offer your thoughts again. What are your thoughts on erasable pens? Mm. Blasphemous? Yeah. And then three question marks. Mm. Interesting mm. question marks. Please discuss smiley face.
1: Yeah. So here's my general, idea, my general feeling. Not great it's it's not even the idea of it that i have so much of a problem with the technology is just not there it's pretty rough um even so
0: yeah if if i might weigh in but you are the pen expert obviously my personal experience with erasable pens has been the ink's not great Mm -hmm. and also it doesn't erase that great (laughs)
1: Yeah, pretty much yeah that's pretty much exactly right uh Uh, I mean, they used to, like they tried in like I don't even remember the 80s or the 90s or whatever. There was there's like I think every like elementary schooler at one point or another saw one of the like the, I I think they're Paper made or something, but they they had these like really cheap like erasable pens. They were terrible. They didn't work. Uh, as used, to- but
0: you know what? At the time, it felt like the future. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You're like, what? I was told this is uh, unerasable. I was told this is permanent. It's not. Um, and you're right though. It's like. It's the worst of both worlds. It's like it it sucks and also doesn't erase. Um they recently started a new thing where they're they're it's not like a regular eraser, it's like it, it it's a special type of ink and it erases based on fr- just pure friction. Um and they're also not great. Uh, they also like don't erase that well. I will say an interesting thing came out of them though. Which is that it allowed people to invent a smart notebook, which was interesting. I haven't used one because I have no use for it, but it's an interesting concept mm. where it's like it's it's literally like a special—I don't know what to call it. It's not it's not paper exactly, but it's like this this special type of thing, uh, this surface where you write on it with this uh it's a, a pen made by pilot called like the pilot friction pen because it erases using friction but you write on it and it has the the bottom of the surface has a qr code and it links to the app evernote so you can like write a bunch of stuff take a screenshot of it it'll upload to your evernote and then you can erase it and you just keep using the same thing over and over and over instead of buying you know constantly oh. constantly buying new notebooks and stuff so that's cool. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. I like I like stuff like that. But in general, I'm just not a huge. Uh, I find what's interesting is like I've tried those pilot friction pins, and it's a weird ink, and it just doesn't feel right. It just like whenever I write with it, it just it's like lighter. It's like grayer than the other like inks I use. I don't know. It's so it's mm-hmm. a, it's hard to explain, but it just doesn't. It. It's because it has to be like a certain way for the friction to work on it. So just using it for regular use. Strange, so I wouldn't say it's blasphemous per se. I just don't, I just can't get on board with it. It's just not for me. But I, I, there are a lot of people that legitimately just very much like them. I think some people just really like them.
0: Okay, so there you have it. I saw on Twitter the other day you were looking at a very expensive pen. What was that?
1: Oh, my heart. Um, there's a there's this company called Visconti, it's an Italian company, and they they make like a line of like pretty. I wouldn't I, I I can't say basic because like their cheapest pen is like $150 but Get the fuck
0: out. Why?
1: They're just I don't know they're really like well made they're made from good materials they usually have gold nibs um
0: I'm sorry. That is such a dumb flex. Like, if you're a rich person, I can think of roughly a thousand things I would rather spend money on than a fucking pen.
1: Well, I bought two Mont Blancs uh, last year.
0: Oh, my God.
1: For how much? <laughs> I got them off of Facebook. Oh, this is, you got like
0: a really good deal. I did. Right? I got
1: them basically half price. I got, I got two for the price of one off of Facebook Marketplace. So it was, it, it ended up being pretty good for me, but it was still a lot of money. Um, but uh, yeah, but they have also like it's like these couple, it's one, I mean, it's a total like conspicuous consumption thing. It's like you make you, they have like a lot of like regular pens that people like. They have one uh line of like a designer pen called uh the Homo sapiens line, and it's based off of like all the pens are themed off of different ages of human civilization, so they like have like a Bronze Age pen and a Dark Ages pen and stuff like this. So Those are very expensive. Those are like $600 to $800, depending on if they're used or not. And then the one I posted on Twitter was um, based on the Medici family, and it was $2,500.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. But it's
1: it's gorgeous it is like it It was very pretty it's like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole life it's it was
0: very pretty but if I ever found myself paying $2,500 for a pen (laughs) I think I would just immediately punch myself in the face
1: (laughs) I mean I think that's probably fair I mean other people don't have the sickness that i have so it's you know sure i think i mean
0: everybody has their thing no judgment this is your thing this is a safe space i would never (laughs) judge you i have dumb shit too but yeah if i ever spent $2,500 on a fucking pen yeah
1: that's fair i think i I'll, i'll say it that's fair
0: okay uh so uh, guys by the way a friend of mine and eric this partially pertains to you because you work at citizen but they sent me a screenshot of a citizen alert they just got Mm. that is just an alert for cheering people outside (laughs) (laughs) which is the best citizen alert to ever get because usually citizen alerts in brooklyn are like somebody got shot or stabbed yeah yeah. Um. So, okay, let's get to recommendations so we can get into news, because obviously that's really what we want to talk about. Mm, but of course. if you're new to the show, the way the show works is we offer our pop culture recommendations, and then we get into bad news. But we always end every episode with good news, and obviously we have somewhat good news today, right? Even if we don't like Biden, yeah. I think we can agree Trump being on his fucking way out mm-hmm. probably is a good thing. Absolutely. So... My main recommendation uh, is for The Queen's Gambit. I don't know oh, if you have so seen this good.
1: yet. So good. Oh, my God. You saw it? So yes. Okay,
0: great. I, As I was watching it, I was like, I need to recommend this to Eric and Faith because I think they would like it a lot. Um, I would go as far to say that the pilot is perfect. Yeah. Um, it gets a little slower as it goes along, but... Having said that, if you're unfamiliar with The Queen's Gambit, it is about an orphaned girl who is a chess savant, uh, and it's about her career becoming a chess master. And it's based on a book. It's not based on a true story. Um, but it's all about like a very young girl coming up in this very male-dominated world of chess and how she navigates that and her relationship with her adoptive mother and all of that stuff. So I'll say it, it slows down, but I was so consistently impressed by how captivating they made watching people play chess, which if you pitch that in a room of executives, they would be like, this sounds like the most boring thing ever And it should be. It has no right to be as captivating as it is, but the way it's done, the way the the creators of the series obviously are so in love with chess um it's just a a joy to watch it's mesmerizing my friend recommended it to me and she said i have to warn you i've already bought a chess set and i'm gonna make you come over during the winter to play with me but she's like it will make you want to play chess and i was like whatever and then i started watching it and i was like i've never wanted to play chess more in my life
1: okay first off Calm down. Chess is thrilling. Okay, we don't need all this conjecture <laughs> about how it's oh, supposed to be boring. I
0: totally, I totally <laughs> forgot that you watch chess matches like online.
1: I I spend an inordinate amount of time watching professional chess matches online. Yes, uh, that's
0: so funny. I forgot. What's interesting
1: about the show? What's great is a lot of people that are in sort of like the professional chess world also think it's very good so i think that's a great that's a great sign when you have a thing that is like about a community or about a real life like i mean this story is not real but it's about like you know it is about an actual like a real life community there are professional chess players and stuff and so it's good when like i think those people watch fictionalized versions of their thing and they're like yes this is great
0: I uh, I was listening to a podcast with an interview of a uh, a lady chess master mm-hmm. in real life who was saying that it's very accurate.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. I mean they they had the chess community has its own issues and stuff like that. But uh, the show is great. I mean the show is just incredible. It's it's great. I think it's a great like yeah. It's a great not ambassador, but it's a great like representation of like chess and the show itself is just very good so that's great you know it's you know um that on its own just as a like as a television show it's just very good it's incredibly well written it's captivating like it's uh it's great I, I i really loved it i'll probably rewatch it again soon cuz it was just that good
0: yeah i really really enjoyed it however having said that um I will say, and let me let me just preface this by saying I dearly, dearly love uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Mm-hmm. If you saw uh, The Witch, she was great in The Witch. Um, she's a she's a huge talent, and I love Thomas Brodie Sangster. Um, you probably know him from being the little boy from Love Actually or his appearance in Game of Thrones. He's a great actor. I love both of them. However, having said that, if I was a casting agent, I would cast them as siblings, if not twins, and it really, really uh, skeezed me out when they they had relations in The Queen's Gambit <laughs> because it, it seemed very incestuous to me, and I was like, wow, you could totally be related. I wish you guys looked a little different.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But they're great. Other than that, that's just my own little weird yeah. uh, pet peeve. So... Ah, I have so much that I want to recommend. Okay, so just quickly, because at this point I think it's kind of old. Uh, Borat subsequent movie film is great. Um, mm-hmm. As usual, I have no idea how Sasha Baron Cohen is alive. Uh, every every nice thing people have been saying about Maria uh, Bakalova is a hundred percent accurate. What a talent! What a discovery. And it was so nice to see that they had uh, cast a relative unknown actress in this part. It really sort of contrasted for me with what Saturday Night Live is doing right now, which I fucking hate when they take somebody of the status of Jim Carrey and cast him as Joe Biden. To me, that's not what is exciting about Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live was always about finding new talent and showcasing them to the world in a really exciting, thrilling way. And now they have fallen into this trap where they just cast celebrities to do, like, not great impressions. And I hate it. Which is
1: so confusing to me because all of their, like, classic, I mean, even take out classic characters. Their classic impressions that people remember and still cite. 30 years later were all done by just regular comedy actors. They weren't done by people who were famous at the time of doing it. They became famous later, but they weren't done by like people that were famous at the time, you know, like,
0: yeah. And it goes against the spirit of SNL, which is supposed to be like, I know it's not this anymore, but SNL used to be known as like this gorilla, almost like underground, uh, counterculture, comedy experience and now obviously it's not that anymore because it's like a cash cow and on a major I mean it's always been on a major network but now it's like you know an institution right. on a major network right. but it's just it's so it is boomer comedy at this point and like no disrespect to anyone because some of the funniest writers I know write on that show but they're the smartest part of that show I'm talking about like the cold open which is like the most cringeworthy ten minutes you'll ever see in your life, you know, um, well, and uh, that shit I really hate well, and
1: that I think it exacerbates the problem that you're talking about because it's like it, when you think back about like about like even let's just even if you narrow it all the way down to just talk about like their classic c- political sketches right that they're they're well known for, a lot of those were not exactly like super well written or anything but the actors brought so much life to doing the impression that they became like kind of iconic like um uh like bill clinton eating a mcdonald's right or or just like uh, hw saying not gonna do it i mean people still do that impression of of hw which is a, a dana carvey like creation and it wasn't like and so now because it's the nature of the show, they're reacting to things that happened a couple of days before a live show that they have to do. So they're
0: Exactly. It's like ultra topical. Right. So it's yeah, which is always like death so, and comedy. Yeah, and
1: it's it's hastily thrown together by its own nature, which is fine. But in the past they had all these incredibly strong people to like bring life to these characters on pretty thin written sketches, and now they have thin written sketches with just famous people doing half-assed impressions,
0: and so half-assed. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, I will say about Borat subsequent movie film. It is like obviously very disconcerting to watch, and Sasha Baron Cohen is so good at this, getting people, usually men to go along and agree with whatever like racist misogynist anti-semitic thing he's saying at the time and i've seen people be like wow that's really like dispiriting to watch how like people yeah. will just sort of you know follow orders or you know just to the path of least resistance like high five him when he says something like violently misogynist yeah I will say I think there's a little bit of like Stanford prison experiment syndrome going on where it's like, are these people actually violently misogynist or is there a camera present? And because a camera is present, they're like, this can't be real. Right. Like this is like a bit we're doing. And like there's one scene where like a a guy delivers his daughter in a crate and he gets the guy to board the crate back up. And a lot of people pointed to that. As being like horrifying, because it's like, why would that guy just go along with him? And it's like, well, there's cameras there, so he's probably like, they're not gonna let anything bad happen to this girl, or this can't be real. You know, I could understand how someone could justify it. So I just wanted to say that I don't think people are as bad as they seem in Borat films. I also
1: think there's a lot of like, I think in general, the uh, this is obviously a huge generalization, but I also think in general too, like, even in the less even in the less, like, outrageous situations where it's just Borat being kind of weird and skeevy and, like, like when they go to the copy place and he's, like, sending all these weird faxes um, and, yes. and stuff, it's, like, I also think there's a... Like, I think most people generally are trying... I think most people in general in life are just trying to avoid confrontations. And you... A hundred percent. And you have a person walking there's- in with a camera and it's just like, okay, man, just whatever, just please get out of my store and stop filming Yeah,
0: me. and there's, there's also a scene where he orders a cake and the woman <laughs> writes on the cake. He requests that the woman writes on the cake, the Jews will not replace us. <laughs> yeah. Which is horrible. And everybody was like, why would she just agree to do that? And it's like, well, first of all, this woman could be anti-Semitic. I don't know her. But also, yeah, small business owner. This is a custom order. She's got a million things to do this day. I'm not saying that's right or justified. Uh, I think if someone places that order, you should tell them to take their business elsewhere. But do I think she's like going out and like beating up Jewish people? It's like, probably not. But also, the banality of evil, right? Like, that's sort of how it begins. People ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And then it's officially baked into the policy of your government. It's like, how did we get here? Um, But anyway, we have to move on. Um, I wanted to give one horror recommendation just because I have a Shutter account right now and all I'm doing is watching horror movies. Mm So I at least have to give one recommendation. And this is a weird one. It's very random. Um, I heard it recommended on a different film podcast, but it's Barry Levinson's The Bay. Now, if you don't know who Barry Levinson is, this is so weird and random. He is the director who directed Rain Man and Wag the Dog. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and in 2012, he decided I want to direct a horror film for Blumhouse. And they were like, "Okay, dude, go off. You're Barry Levinson. You're a fucking Hollywood legend." And it's a found footage 2012 uh horror film about an environmental disaster that happens at a bay. Mm-hmm. And it's just A straight up, like I would say thriller horror um, about a big corporation that spills a bunch of chemicals into the water. And it uh, releases like a parasite that infects uh, fish and then eventually affects human beings. And even more random than the Barry Levinson, maybe not more random, but also random starring Kether Donahue, which if you ever watched, you're the worst.
1: What? What is this movie? She,
0: she is, she plays a journalist in it and she's great in it. Um, but she's like a baby because this was years ago and it is so weird and random, but well done and very gripping. And there are these moments where it was like, oh yeah, Barry Levinson directed this. Cause that was a good fucking shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very strange. It's very strange that Barry Levinson is involved in it. Uh, that it's a Blumhouse thing that Kether Donahue's in it. It's very random, but, uh, I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Nice. I will say when you were t- saying that, it makes me want to watch it. It sounds interesting. Uh,
0: I actually think you would enjoy it a lot and I think you should watch
1: yeah, it. Yeah, I probably will. um, i uh, i i wanna give props to the horror community like the horror movie making community for not driving found footage films into the fucking ground uh do you
0: think they haven't
1: I feel like they haven't i mean I don't know i that is also okay. the opinion of somebody who does not watch a ton of horror movies um, you know
0: what i'm gonna s- i'm gonna say that and its it it sounded like I was shading people and I am because I do think it is um overused and I think it has partially been driven into the ground okay. but if just very quickly I could do another recommendation yes, for an example of found footage done absolutely spot on correctly uh-huh. and it's a trilogy um, the Hell House LLC trilogy Okay. also a found footage type deal I will say especially in the early Hell House movies there is light misogyny um, but in a way where it's like the funny guy's doing it. Mm. So it's charming, um, but it's really not. And they move away from it pretty quickly. It's self-aware enough where they eventually pivot away from that. And it is essentially a group of of young people who their hustle is they go upstate and they find a cheap property that they convert into a haunted house. Nice but guess what you guys it's It's actually haunted haunted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it sure is but it's this fun sort of like um facebook meets insidious Mm. where it's like this startup energy of like young people just trying to hustle and make their business work and all of these interesting like interpersonal dynamics and then also oh, oh oh there's fucking ghosts you guys Um, and it's really well done, and it's spooky as hell because they do a lot of that trick where someone will be talking to camera as they're filming themselves, and what the fuck is that moving in the background? They do that a lot uh, really effectively, and it's really well done. So uh, there you go. The Bay and Hell House are two examples of found footage done right, but overall I do think it's, um, it's it's a genre that has been overused, I think. Okay.
1: That's fair. I I'm going to get yeah. so many angry messages from horror movie fans.
0: You're not. Everybody's <laughs> so nice who listens to the show. Okay, so before we get into bad news, do you have any recommendations?
1: Not really. I You know what I did this month? I rewatched all of The Wire and The Sopranos. So Hell yeah, dude. Those are my recommendations cuz they're great.
0: Those are two good shows.
1: <laughs> yeah. I uh no, I mean, yeah, obviously they're they're classic shows uh, that launched uh you know kind of an entire that basically set off the last mm-hmm. 20 years worth of television so um yeah they're great i i highly recommend them
0: i saw you tweet that what's the season of the wire where they're in the schools oh is that season God. 3 uh that's like emotionally season 4
1: season 4 season 4 oh yeah uh um, i was not
0: michael b jordan guys that that gave us michael b jordan
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, he's in season one. And then, I mean, it's one of those weird, like it's a, they focus on the, the school in season four, but it's like, it's not, they, there's obviously kids throughout the entire show, but there's more kids in season four and you just like, they do this great thing where it's like the show is so heavily character based, but they have to like, keep it moving on as people like move on throughout their lives So instead of just following the same characters, they're like, oh, we're just going to introduce all these new characters that are basically following the same arcs. And it kind of gives it this feel of, like, this is a problem that never ends. Like, this is just... Yes. Whatever you hate about what's going on in the show, it just keeps it's a circle of life and it just keeps in it right. and a new generation comes up and does the same shit and it's really well effective. yeah there's
0: that horrible final scene yeah with mcnulty oh, having yeah. like a vision of it just going over and yeah. over and over again yeah uh anyways guys that's enough for the recommendations here's your bad news Right. So I wanted to talk about the election results, obviously. Um, because as good as I think we can all admit it is, that the fascist is on his way out, hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> I hope that he doesn't really dig in there like, you know, a particularly stubborn cockroach, and we can't get him out of the White House. Um, but mm-hmm. that is obviously good. The Democrats, the fact that the election was this close, the fact that Joe Biden was such a woefully terrible candidate, um, and listen, I understand the electoral college is fucked. I know so many people are disenfranchised. The Republicans have done everything in their power to rig the elections with gerrymandering. I understand that, you know, the deck is stacked against us. However, having said that, The DNC is just a horrible, horrible institution that is completely out of touch with its base, Um, and you should not send them money because they don't fucking know how to spend it and they don't know how to create messaging that reaches average people. So when I say that, what I mean is um, Trump won 82% of the vote Among the 30 of the electorate that listed the economy as its top priority. So what does that mean? Um, It means that the Democrats don't have an effective message when it comes to the economy. And, you know, a lot of people shit on Bernie Sanders. But the reason Bernie Sanders connected with people in such a profound way is he was acknowledging that capitalism isn't working for people and that we need to raise wages that we need to have a strong social safety net and people responded to that because guess what people can't pay their fucking rent right now people are getting evicted from their homes people have no job stability people have no access to good health care there are a lot of economic concerns that he was speaking to but the democrats are so afraid of being accused of being socialist that they just decided not to come up with an economic message and it very nearly cost biden the election
1: yeah absolutely and and since we're in the bad news section i can bring this up uh there are, i mean somebody made a point on twitter that i think is really apt which was that it's very likely The race was only close because of COVID. And if it hadn't been for COVID, Biden wouldn't have stood a chance. Yes, and and as a
0: result of that, this is wild. More people voted for Biden than have ever voted for any president ever. That's Mm -hmm. how many people went to the polls. I think you're right in part because over 200,000 people have died in this country um, under the mismanagement of the Trump administration during the pandemic. You know also the fact that people are are losing their jobs and um things are just so bad right now i think a lot of people are like well he can't possibly be worse than this right that doesn't mean that biden was a good candidate or the democrats are an effective oppositional party it's just that things were so bad that people were desperate
1: yeah other also depressing fact which again we're in the bad news section so i feel it's okay to bring it up uh there were several states that had very slim margins where the uh the the libertarian vote would have swung the other way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. That's uh that is absolutely frightening. Um so that's I mean it's worth that's worth keeping in mind cuz this is my problem with like the way our system is set up and and not only the way our system is set up but the way people treat it, which is that Biden in the end, when everything's counted, it is not going to be a particularly close race electorally. Um, but it, but that's only because a couple states are coming down to, like, I mean, razor-thin margins. Um, so I, I do feel safe calling it a, a close election because of those states where there was, you know, he'll have a pretty big electoral lead, but some of those states are, I mean, riding on a very thin line. But when they win an election like this, they take nothing from no. it. No. They just say, we won. The people voted for us. We have a mandate. And and, and so they never learn. Well, they actually, learn I think
0: the message they're taking from it is we uh, were right not to lean into the socialist stuff because right. that scared people. And we need to steer clear of that. So we should be more moderate, which is insane. Um. But yeah, so speaking of lost causes, the fact that people gave the Lincoln Project $40 million. Here's my favorite tidbit about the Lincoln Project and all you need to tell people about the Lincoln Project. In 2016, 90% of Republicans voted for Trump. And in this election, 93% of Republicans voted for Trump. (laughs) So... Stupid fucking liberals gave the Lincoln Project forty million dollars so three percent more Republicans could vote for Trump.
1: Here's the thing about the Lincoln project that I don't get. They got forty million dollars. They didn't do anything no, and when i say when I say they didn't do anything, I don't mean they weren't effective. I mean, I can't tell you a single thing that they actually did other than tweet.: Yeah. Like, they got $40 million for I can't figure out what. I, I have no idea of anything that they, they did. They didn't do anything. It's not, yeah, it's not even about, like, whether they were effective or not. They just didn't do anything. But they raised $40 million to start a media company after the election. So so I have no fucking clue what, they're pl- like what their group sort is. Sort of on a similar
0: note, and again, we're in the bad news section, which is why I'm bringing up all of this, A lot of grassroots money was set on fire in this election because Democrats, usually Democrats who live out of state, raised like a quarter of a billion dollars for Senate races in Kentucky, South Carolina, Texas, and Alabama. And like all of those candidates have gone down by a defeat of 10 points or more. So I'll say if we can like take a lesson from this election, it's that we should spend our money more wisely in more competitive races that were much closer than those races. Cause some Democrats who lost really lost by like a fraction of a point. Um, so our money would have been better spent there versus like, God forbid the Lincoln project or like, like the Kentucky race, the Kentucky race was like lost from the get go, but people were sort of like spiteful, you know, and they were like, "Yeah, maybe right. she can win, and she can defeat, you know." Um, well, yeah.
1: well, and again, it go, it goes back to this whole like people have an incredibly one dimensional understanding of everything, which is like, well, if we keep t- if if they have more money, they win the race. That's not true. No. It helps. It helps when you can press an advantage, but that doesn't. It doesn't mean any like you. You don't win by just pumping money into an election, and when it's such a clear like, when it's such a clear cut case. I mean, the the one in Alabama is the one I'm most familiar with, uh. And it's like people were like dumping money into Doug Jones. Look, I don't, I have no love for Doug Jones. Uh, he, I, it was very cool to see a, a Democrat actually win a Senate seat, but people have seemingly like had the like uh the the men in black like memory eraser from the last election he won because he was up against roy moore who had just been accused of pedophilia like you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? like, like the like, worst that's thing why can he be won
0: accused of yeah, the <laughs> yeah it's one.
1: like that's why he won yeah. and it was Roy moore so he was already super unpopular it's like no that's why he won they didn't just decide they wanted a democrat senator so then he was going up against i mean the the race couldn't have been any dumber because he was he was literally going up against a, f- a college football coach Tommy Tuberville from Auburn um that's his only qualification is that he coached college football but but that's what, i mean w- what did you think was going to happen you can't dump enough money into that race to get people to vote for a democrat o- over a football coach you just can't it's not winnable it just it was never a winnable race there was no point in like You know, points for trying, I guess, but there's no sinking all that money in that race is just a complete lost cause. And it just made no sense. And so, I, you know, I just like there are some things that are just hard and unwinnable and requires more than just dumping money into a race. It requires some it's got there's got to be changes in the way we tabulate these things. There's got to be more voter enfranchisement. There's got to be all these things before we just start dumping money to a candidate.
0: Yeah, if you think that spending the most money equals victory, I would just encourage you to read up on Michael Bloomberg's campaign. Because of (laughs) all spending in the 2020 election, he spent about a third of overall spending and fucking lost big time like a giant rich dummy. So (laughs) it's not just a matter of throwing money around. It's you got to be smart. You got to be strategic. You got to play where you can win. Um, Also, we got to talk about the white vote because 57 percent of white votes went to Trump. And I know there's been a lot of focus lately on the Latino community and how they voted because that is a very complicated story that I am definitely not qualified to get into. And I would never, ever, ever, ever want to speak on behalf of the Latino community. Can you even fucking imagine if I tried? Um, But I will say when you are talking about, quote unquote, the Latino community, it is an incredibly broad, complex community like any community and uh talking about say like the cuban voting community in florida is vastly different than the latino community in arizona and those two communities voted very differently for for a variety of reasons but like Mm -hmm. if you are a victim of sb 1070 in arizona you are definitely gonna probably vote for biden versus if you are uh, a cuban descendant in florida um you might want to vote for trump you know so it's a very complicated story but i think when we're talking about the latino community what we're not talking about is how uh 57 percent of white people voted for trump that is still insane to me i mean it's not because we live in a fascist country and that is again we're in the bad news section so we can acknowledge all of this stuff the fact that this election was still so close yes the system is rigged but we have a lot of white supremacy in this country some might say this country was even founded on white supremacy (laughs) and they would be right so I still see a lot of liberals expressing surprise where they're like, really? 57%. It's like, these are our family members. You know, this exists. Stop playing dumb. You know, like, yeah, they're fucking
1: racist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's interesting. Like, I don't really get like, I mean, I guess I get it, but like, it's, I don't, I don't know how you could have seen the 2016 election and then, like, been surprised at anything during this election. No, it
0: got worse. The problem got worse. More Republicans voted for Trump this time around than in 2016.
1: I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like there's just a lot of really gullible, I think, moderate libs out there who are like, well yeah yeah i mean yeah they voted for him in 2016 but they saw him being racist for four years so they won't vote for him again right like that's the logical thing that'll happen <laughs> it's like what are you talking why? about? Like, why why would they do that <laughs> like what yeah i you know so it's like when people are surprised by it, like he get he gained support it's like yeah of course he did what he got elected and then he did what he got elected to do yeah so of course His his support's going to increase. And,
0: like, not to be fatalistic, uh, but, like, I do think some of this could be addressed by raising wages and having a stronger social safety net and having uh, um, free health care for all citizens. I think the more comfortable people are and the more secure they are, the less likely they are to, say, like, lash out against their neighbors for stupid reasons Will that completely obliterate racism? No, of course not. But I think things could be made better so that people don't fall back on like the populist leader who is just, you know, catering to their worst instincts.
1: Right, right. And and yeah, I mean I I think that's true. I think um I also think it shows like a vast like I mean this is not news to anybody, but like You know, what's interesting is like when you watch like pollers come in uh, is I think the messaging on the Electoral College is all wrong. Maybe it's not all wrong. I think there's an added element to it, which is like people are always like, well, it doesn't really comport with the popular vote, which is true. But I think they should also make the point where it's like, look at any state, look at every state, regardless of what state it is. Look at any state in the country. The cities are blue and the rural areas are red. The, the we're not divided by states anymore we're divided by living area you know what i right. mean it's like it, it and so i think that's a big reason why the electoral college is is really fucked mm-hmm. up because it's like it's not that sm- it's it, you know supposedly if you, i mean i obvi- mean the the accepted idea about why it was installed was to help smaller states still have a, a certain amount of representation that's bullcrap. But but that's, you know, sort of what its defenders say is the reason for it. But that it's not even doing that anymore. It's like the what we're 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 not talking about small states and big states or like southern rural, you know, southern conservative states versus X, you know, uh northern like liberal states. The states are divided within themselves now. And so, I mean, it's, I think it's basically true even in, like, California and New York. Like, you look at any state, like, it's the way we vote now is just, like, it's not divided by states anymore. It's divided by, met, you know, uh, rural versus metro areas and, and, and things like this, cities versus rural. I mean, that's the new divide now as opposed to, like, where in the past it may have been, like, oh, like, most people in X state feel a certain way and most people in X state feel a certain way. Now, this is the divide. And so this like the Electoral College makes even less sense now because it just doesn't represent anything about what the country is. Like.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, So I also wanted to talk about Trump's like final insane Mussolini address <laughs> from the White House is screaming into cameras. And I will say, like, there is a good news element to this story, which is He was so immediately unhinged and making just baseless accusations about the election being stolen from him that several of the major networks immediately cut away from him. So like ABC, CBS, NBC, also I know NPR, uh, all cut away. MSNBC also interrupted him. Uh, Fox News, obviously, and CNN aired the full address after which CNN, uh, CNN's Anderson Cooper dabbled in some light fat phobia, which everybody loved so much on Twitter, and they were <laughs> like, ha, 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 Anderson. Yes, that's the most evil thing about the president, that he's fat and not that he's a fascist right. fucking rapist. <laughs> um, liberals are the actual worst. Uh, but I will say that was like good that they cut away from him, but also that it was bad that... Um, You know, even before he started speaking, I had tweeted like, you know, you don't even have to air this because we know what it's going to be. That's the thing, like with Trump, we've always known everything, right? Like we knew that he was going to deny the election results. We knew that that speech was going to be insane. Why even air it to begin with?
1: Yeah. I Yeah, there's just like, uh, there's just weird like logic that these news networks have where it's like oh well you know uh we have to if if the president is saying something then we have to cover it because it's the president it's like you really don't honestly you don't you don't have to cover it live at least you know if you're if you have a producing team that is prepped to bail on a live press conference at any moment like if they're ready to do that because they know it's going to be so unhinged you just don't have to cover it live you can watch it first and see what's, if the, anything newsworthy happens. Yeah,
0: I mean, especially you know when, I mean? Like, like, we have to acknowledge that Trump's words, like, when he says the election is not legitimate, it's being stolen, he has spent four years cultivating this insane base of conspiracy theorists, violent conspiracy theorists. I mean, Philadelphia cops just arrested two men on firearms charges Thursday night Uh, after they received a tip that they were headed to the city's convention center where the the state is counting votes to quote-unquote straighten things out. These guys were armed. And the reason they feel emboldened to do shit like that is because the president of the United States is on major networks saying the election is currently being stolen. We have to stop them from counting votes, which is so crazy. But... That's where we're at right now. So it's not just that, you know, he's this, like, insane despot in, like, the last throes of his reign, just, like, ranting and raving. It's that his followers are violent and armed, and he is telling them it is cur- the election is currently being stolen. What the fuck do you think is going to happen?
1: Right. Yeah. I, this That's another thing, when I was talking about earlier, about, like, his weird sycophants, like, being... Relegated to the edges of society again. It's like these people have felt so like they're the thing is, it's not even that they feel and it, it, it's like part of like they feel emboldened. They're also just the dumbest people alive. Like they have people going into polling, like counting, you know, um, centers and they're like recording people doing like they literally a guy is literally in hiding because he threw away a piece of paper. And the the fucking Trump idiot that recorded him throwing away a random piece of paper put on Twitter with his f- car and license plate and address that he Ugh. was throwing away a ballot. Oh, my God. You Isn't know? it fun that you like, can just it,
0: ruin someone's life by doing something like that?
1: Right. Unbelievable. You know? And it's just I like, hope they you sue know, the just...
0: shit out of them.
1: I really hope they do. Um, and it's just like, the, I mean, this is like. They all feel like emboldened to do this because, you know, again, because they have this guy in power that's telling them that's what's happening. And he backs all of them up and he's like retweeting these people, you know. Um And yeah, so there's just no I don't you know, like, for instance, like, you know, I, I work at citizen. We were obviously covering like things like, you know, uh, public safety hazards that happen on Election Day. And like we were like very aware of like you cannot say anything that could impact the election right. like you can't like you cannot put on an app that like oh polling place x is closed you just can't so do it. You're let not, me ask you like, this you can't and i do don't it. know
0: if you know the is behind this why then can because one of the bad news stories out of california was this gig economy proposition that passed Why can Citizen not do shit like that? But, like, if you live in the state of California and you open the Seamless app, they were telling you about the proposition on the app. And I don't think they were telling you, like, how to vote on it. But they were like, hey, this prop is coming up. You should get informed about it. But obviously, like, an app like Seamless would benefit from that proposition passing.
1: Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's that's probably falls under the realm of just like opinion about like it feels manipulative
0: though right like if i'm opening it and i don't know anything about it like that to me felt like uh, fucked up oh
1: it's definitely it's definitely manipulative but like you couldn't put on you couldn't you you could not like not even in my context just in general like you can't put something out that's like oh like x polling place is closed because then it stops people from going Oh, like just like 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 fake news right yeah yeah you can or even if it's like maybe if it's not a if it's not for real confirmed by like official sources like you couldn't just put like oh like x oh like yeah like x polling place is closed or there's a problem with x or because that's like actually meddling with votes you can if you're like I don't think there's any rules against like you could put on your app like, Hey, we want you to vote X way on X proposition because you're not making anybody do anything, right. even though it's, manip- even though it's super manipulative, it is manipulative, but that's, I mean, that's kind of politics in general. It's always manipulative, right. but, um, but, but, again, it's like the when, when the president is doing things like this, that's the problem. Oh, I my mean, God. You know, and, like, like,
0: I don't know if you saw, like, before the whole White House speech, he was just going insane on Twitter, obviously. And if you went to his Twitter feed, you actually couldn't see any of his timeline because every <laughs> single tweet had been yeah. flagged by Twitter, which, like, again, good on them. And I have to say there were a couple instances of I saw, like, just obviously fake accounts and everybody was fucking retweeting them. Cause nobody knows how to click through on a goddamn tweet apparently, but Twitter right. took them down pretty fucking fast. However, yeah. there were other like, you know, tweets out there that went viral about how like more, uh, votes had been counted in Wisconsin than ballots had been cast. And like obviously fake shit that Twitter did not take down and it made the rounds and, But, yeah, if you went to uh, Trump's page, it was pretty funny because you couldn't see any of his tweets. They had all been flagged by Twitter as being misleading about the election.
1: I I honestly think, like, this is controversial. I think the states should not release a single bit of information until they are done counting and have certified their results. But
0: then what will John King do all day, Eric? Did you even (laughs) think about John King when you said that stupid thing that just came out of your mouth? What is he going to do? What is Steve Kornacki going to do?
1: Yeah, well, that's true. I can't put Steve Kornacki out of work. That's, that's okay. Rough. Uh, here, that's a rough let, me, let me let me slightly um,
0: reframe and repitch for you. What if we have okay. the same system, but only Steve Kornacki is allowed to cover it? <laughs> okay.
1: Yes. Okay. Fair. <laughs> they they the states cannot release IND information, but they can relay it directly to Steve Cornacki.
0: Okay. I support that, guys. Finally, in yeah. the bad news section, I do have to address the fact that the uh, new U.S. COVID-19 deaths have topped a 1,000 for four straight days, baby. And if that sounds weird to you because you're like, but Allison, I thought we already shattered a previous covid record uh, we're basically shattering one every day because this administration decided that herd immunity was the way to go which just means a bunch of people are going to get it probably almost everybody and it's going to kill a whole lot of people and that is how they're strategizing
1: right uh yes, uh Mark Meadows has it, which is very exciting. Very exciting um, for the
0: team. Um, <laughs> uh, my what? mom told me that this morning, and I was like, ha 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 ha. But I'm not surprised <laughs> they all fucking have it.
1: What's what's funny to me? It's not surprising per se, but what's interesting to me is that it's again. It's, this just reveals the depths of their like. true insanity but like i think it would be very easy for like to to understand not to sympathize with but to understand like okay if you were say a high-ranking government official you're you're quarantined off from everybody you have great health care and people looking after you at every time of day if you never got covid and you're kind of just like hold away. It'd be very easy to understand how you could fe- how you would feel so removed from the situation, and maybe not understand the true depths of it. Like everybody in this administration has gotten COVID, and they still treat it like it's not real, right? And I don't like I don't. What else has to happen to you? Well, Christy was like in the fucking ICU for a week. I was. What the fuck else has to happen for people to take it seriously? I was actually
0: like thinking about this, and I was like, yeah, like. Why do they not even care about their own health? But I think it's more that because these are incredibly wealthy, privileged people, they have access to the best healthcare in the world. So even when they get it, it's like, not that it's not a big deal because like Chris Christie talked about, he was like, that sucked. Like I, I was very sick. Um, but like Trump, Trump was in like a luxury suite at Walter Reed and, got the best healthcare in the world and seems to have bounced back pretty quickly. So I think like their privilege almost makes them feel like immune to the most serious consequences of it where they're like, Oh, that wasn't such a big deal. And I bounced back pretty quickly. And it's like, right. You're not the typical case of someone getting COVID.
1: Right. Oh, well, I, that is true. I also, I truly believe if Trump had died, from COVID, nothing would have changed. No, I don't think they would have changed. I, I think Pence would have stepped up, and then yeah. nothing would have been. I different. think that's right. I, I truly believe. I that. think
0: that's right. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, guys, that's enough of the bad news. Here's your good news. It's a long episode, but we have so much to discuss. I really have to get the word "guys" out of my vernacular. I hear myself say mm-hmm. it, and I'm just like, Bleh. Uh, "I apologize if that."
1: Gotta get on the you gotta get on the y'all train. I
0: know, but I feel like a poser because I'm not like I did go to school <laughs> in Southern Illinois, I guess, but all right, Central Illinois. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm a y'all person. I tried to float the idea of calling people my little pork chops, but. Mm. I don't know if people are into that, and I know some vegans listen to this show, so I don't want to alienate them. Yeah. Um, could be
1: talking, but you could be you could be go lamb chops. You could be talking about the little the little. Bucket. I
0: call people BBs a lot via text, mm. but it feels weird yeah. saying it out lo- out loud. My babies, my sweet little yeah. babies. I could call you all my babies.
1: That's good. Yeah, I like that. Okay,
0: I'll try that. I. It I'm I've been on the East Coast for so long. I'm just gonna warn all of you. It's gonna take a minute before I can work guys out of my vernacular, but I'm trying, and I know yeah. it's it's not great to gender people. So I'm going to for make sure. an effort, but I apologize ahead of time. So obviously, in good news, I really want to talk about Stacey Abrams uh, and mm-hmm. Georgia. And the fact that, you know, we've been talking a lot about bad organizing and a a bad use of money and how she is a great example of a wiser way to work and spend your money. And a a sort of, uh, not sort of, a grassroots organizing effort that registered like 800,000 new voters. Um, Right. I think if the Democrats were smart, which we've established they're not they would get rid of Nancy Pelosi and put Stacey Abrams in her place.
1: Well, she has to be elected to the House first, so I don't think she
0: can... No, uh, House of Representatives, or is that Speaker of the House? Oh, any...
1: Oh, I guess... Yes, I, bl- I I actually now that you say that I do believe there is a rule that technically anybody can Yeah, be yeah, speaker. yeah. It, I do not know if that's ever been It lost.
0: hasn't. But what I'm uh, saying is if they were smart, <laughs> they would start today right. by getting rid of fucking Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi and putting Stacey Abrams in her place.
1: I think a more realistic goal would be to have her in charge of the DNC. Yes. Um, obviously
0: that. You don't like Tom Perez? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh it
1: just I mean, just gesture broadly and everything. (laughs) Um, No, I think... This is what I was talking about earlier, too, which is, like, you know, if you... Like, a... uh, She did the right thing, which was that you don't have to dump money into races. You have to sign people up to vote and enfranchise people. If, If you keep doing that if you're at all interested in having a you know i i get that there are people that there are far left people who don't like the democratic party who don't like you know moderate libs and stuff like that totally understand that but if you're at all interested in pushing people to the left and and you know as as long as we have an electoral system of government it's kind of gonna kind of be this way for a long time signing people up to vote is so much more effective than any other possible strategy you have for a race i promise yeah isn't it wild Republicans- that an
0: effective strategy is just finding the people and talking to the people
1: well you know what's funny is i i i i tweeted this the other day where it's like i find it very funny because i listen to a lot of conservative media i find it very funny that a party that has won one popular vote in 32 years constantly refers to themselves as the people they're not they're not the majority of the people in this country. They're not, They're not even close to a majority of the people in this country. If you sign up people to vote, Democrats will win elections. That is just how. That is just a fact. That is just how it works. Yeah, I, I really win- can't
0: emphasize enough like how much the Republicans tried to steal this election, and it looks at, as right now it seems as though they were not successful in doing so simply because more people voted for Joe Biden than any other president in U.S. history because that's how and many people signed up, in part because of efforts from people like Stacey Abrams to register people to vote.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, going back to Stacey Abrams, she flipped Georgia. She
0: flipped Georgia, guys. And again, I like, know we have an international audience. No big deal. I have international listeners. That is such a Huge fucking deal, a Democrat has not won Georgia since bill clinton
1: yeah and and a lot of these states are not uh, even these like solidly conservative states are not like it's not it's not ninety ten it's usually like at most maybe sixty forty fifty five forty five It goes back to what I was saying earlier, if you enfranchise people to vote, there are so many people in these metro areas that will vote for Democrats that aren't able to vote or not like, like they, there's either like legal reasons they can't vote or there are barriers. There are elderly people that aren't able to make it to the polls. We saw like by, by expanding uh, early voting and mail-in voting, how many more people were able to vote because of that, you know? And so if you, if we spin if you work on that, if that's so much more effective than any possible whatever media strategy you think is going to work all you have to do is enfranchise people to vote and republicans will never win again like yeah. you know what i mean like all you have to do is keep working on enfranchising people to vote and it's not a strategy they should just be able to vote but if you work on it they will vote for democrats because that that is the majority of this country yeah
0: i will say a good thing coming out of all of this just election talk is People talking about stuff like uh, we should have automatic registration for voting, uh, election days should be national holidays, like these sort of like no shit solutions that so many other countries just do uh, by default. I think it is good yeah. that we're starting to have that conversation, like, like abolishing the electoral college. Like that used to be a fringe, like left wing nut job um, idea. And now- right so many people support it because it's like, yeah, we, we don't have a direct democracy right now. We don't have, um, it, it's insane that the person who gets the most votes doesn't win the presidency. And I think like more and more people are starting to realize how crazy that is.
1: Um, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you personally, Early voting was a godsend. I don't. Oh I, I yeah, mean, I, yeah. Like, like go be. You know, uh, some of the lines in in New York were insanely long, even for early voting. And it, it, I mean, I can't even imagine what it would have been like if it had all had to have been crammed into one day. I voted by mail. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that nice. That was great. I was like, yeah. Why? Why can't we do this? Like, what? Like, why right. is this a whole thing? Like, it and it. It wasn't easy to get my ballot. Like, I definitely had to try a few times. And, like, I just did it so early that it didn't matter. But, yeah. Um, Also in good news, all four members of the squad, as uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ayanna Presley... Um and Ilhan Omar are referred to one uh, re-election to the House, so that's another great sign. These are all obviously young women of color, um, young-ish if not outright young. Um, and yeah, I think it flies in the face of that same old tired shit of, well, we couldn't have run Bernie as the candidate because Bernie was too extreme. It's like, listen. We're a very divided country right now, but the people who turned out in the biggest numbers to vote for Biden were young people. And yeah. young people are more left wing than the Democratic Party currently is. And guess what? They like the squad a lot because a lot of them yeah. are young people of color. And it's very rare to see like the fact that AOC is one of the only, I think, millennials in the House is insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they all won pretty convincingly, Um, and they're uh, Ilan Omar and is it Rashida Tlaib who's also in, yeah, uh, Minnesota. No, no, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and they had a huge part in turning that state blue for the election as well, Um, and I will say too. One of the most frustrating things about the Democratic Party is that ideas get killed before they're actually tried, mm-hmm. so you know they say like, "Oh, we can't run certain candidates because they're too extreme The squad's a great as you pointed out squads the squad is a great uh, example that that's not true, and also like you know uh in Florida went red and also voted for a $15 minimum wage. Uh the these ideas are popular. Mm. They are they are popular and people want them. You just have to actually try. Yeah,
0: that's the thing like why the fuck not try? Just try yeah. it. Um because we've been doing the same shit that you guys have been pitching for decades and the party is a husk. Things are worse than ever. The country is terrible and people are miserable. We need a shock yeah. to the system and we try to shock to the system with a fascist leader, right, who's a a right-wing populist. But why not right. have a shock to the system in the opposite way? Fucking raise wages. Yeah. Medicare for all. Like let let's yeah. try to shock it in the opposite direction just fucking see what happens.
1: Yeah, like I it just doesn't make sense to me that they're not like I It's just like, how many times can you do the same thing and lose and then be like, well, we can't do the other thing because we'll lose. It's like, well, we We're already tried already to lo- win, By the way, it like
0: again, 2020, the election was so fucking close because we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And now, admittedly, yeah. uh, there are a lot of incredible activists who have managed to push Biden way more left than he's ever been before on certain issues. So it yeah. is... Like he is not the same Democrat. He was fully, you know, over the many, many, many years he's been a senator. Mm -hmm. But um, so I had talked about the gig economy thing in California. Some good news that came out of California was uh, the state voted to return voting rights to felons on parole, which is huge. It's great. Uh, that was Prop 17 and that re-enfranchised about 50,000 people, which again, if you have been following election results, um, that could like be a definitive demographic being reintroduced to the voting pool. Obviously, not all ex-felons are liberals or anything like that, but Chances are, if you've been inside and you've been incarcerated, you're going to have vastly different opinions on how we should be running the country than someone who is unfamiliar with being in prison.
1: Yeah. Plus, it's just the right thing to do. Right. I mean, I'm a hardliner on this. I think people in jail should be able to vote. I think I'm a pretty uh, I have a pretty staunch opinion, which is that if you are subject to the laws of some place, then you have have a right to have a say 100 percent. 100 percent. i'm a hardliner on that but it's like i i guess i understand why some people are, are against the idea of like people that are currently in prison the idea that you can get out of prison and have your voting rights taken away from you is insane yeah. it is utterly that's one of those like political issues that like even when i was like a shitty teenager i didn't know anything about politics like the first time i heard that was like that doesn't make sense yeah that isn't it doesn't make i
0: i'm a hardliner too where i think if you as long as you are subject to the law you should never lose your voting rights and i know the examples always used to scare people about that shit is like well what if you're a fucking pedophile or a serial murderer should you still be able to vote and obviously those are the worst examples people can think of which is why they love to throw that in your face But yeah, even then, it's like you are subject to the law. You should be able to vote. I think it's enough of a punishment that you've been deprived of your freedom. Um, But yeah, you don't, you don't, when you take someone's vote from them you disappear them and that's a really dangerous precedent to set because the overwhelming majority of prisoners are in there for like minor drug offenses and it's like really you picked up a kid for a dime bag and now he can't vote like that is fucked um and it's just a legal way to strip black people
1: of their votes essentially well speaking of that oregon Uh, yes decriminalized drug possession that was the last huge thing
0: good news story i was gonna get to yeah um they have decriminalized personal possession of illegal drugs including cocaine heroin oxycodone and meth and uh yeah absolutely great news should be in all 50 states um but yeah definitely great news out of oregon
1: my hope is that, because I think four states also voted to, to make marijuana legal, um, I think what I'm hoping is that, similar to marijuana legalization, is that Oregon's going to try it. And once states are able to see... I think a lot of people are, are, are hesitant on like f- drug legalization because they're like, it's the classic, like the fatalist, yeah. like oh well, then everybody's just gonna be doing drugs and strung out all the yeah, time, the like, fear
0: mongering, yeah, yeah. Like yeah.
1: Um, you know, and we I mean we have real life examples already exist. I mean the 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 most famous one is Portugal, um, and so we already have that, but people are are hesitant e- even still, and so I think it's gonna take, uh, in Oregon. To be the pioneer to show what can happen, and then I my hope is that once there's actually like tangible results, other states will start adopting it, and other people will start putting on the ballot because you have something to point to and go, look, all these fears you have are not true, and that's not gonna that's not gonna work for every state, but I think it will work for a lot of states. Yeah, if you can just point and go, look, it hasn't happened. The thing that you're worried about is not true. And so once you have that, I think you can start to convince more people.
0: I think also we weirdly have this advantage where it's like, well, it can't fucking get worse, right? Like truly at this (laughs) point, like shit is so bad. It goes back to what we were saying before where it's like, why not try something really radical and different? Because like this clearly is not working.
1: Right. Well, it's always like, you know, whenever I would talk about this, like with my parents or something, it's just like it's that sort of like gut instinct of like an older like boomer or je- you know it's just like oh well it's not you know i don't want people to like use heroin and i'm like i don't either but <laughs> they're going to it's not stopping they're them. doing it's it it's like it's a- <laughs> yeah exactly it's like it's already not stopping them. no so at the very least we could try to literally help them, all you're doing you know, is, is just locking up
0: sick people yeah like nothing yeah. has worked the war on drugs is one of the biggest policy failures in this country's history we have thrown so much money into the fire and you know you know who won the war on drugs 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 are still around people Mm -hmm. are using them nothing has gotten better and cartels we have now empowered a small (laughs) group of very dangerous men who are killing journalists and raping women and they're getting guns from texas and Good job, everyone. We have ruined countries, <laughs> and then we won't let the refugees into this country who are trying to flee our fucking, the consequences of our fucking war on drugs. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. did I miss any yep. good news from the election? I'm sure. Guys, this is not a comprehensive list. This is just off well, the top of my dome.
1: This doesn't exactly count as good news, but the two Senate races in Georgia yes, are runoffs. Yes, yes. So there is still a chance. There is a
0: slim chance because, guys, we didn't even really get into numbers. But right now the Democrats have the House. According to whose numbers you believe about the Senate, it is very close.
1: Yes. Uh, And I believe I don't know the number off the top of my head. I believe if they if the Democrats win both runoffs it will be 50 50- it'll be
0: fifty fifty. 50 so is- it it will still be a fucking legislative nightmare uh for for yes. biden to get anything through but it won't be the same old same old of we have the house but not the senate i just want to reiterate again the senate should be abolished um the house actually <laughs> represents population the senate does not much like the electoral college the senate should go
1: Yes, and well, and the reason it's so important too is going to be it's not even about like bills so much. It's like, I mean, it is about that, but but also like, I mean, um, friggin' Mitch McConnell has already said publicly he will challenge everything that Biden. Of does. course, and 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 not even legislation. Every appointment to his cabinet, yes. every 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 judge every and that's and and not just supreme court judges but i mean they did this to obama but people don't talk about it enough so i don't think people realize like they were blocking federal judges appeals court judge like all of these like federal judges they were not allowed to put they were not allowed to seat because of challenges from mitch mcconnell so getting to 50 50 and having um kamala break the tie is going to disempower mitch mcconnell on such an extreme level that it's it's it needs to be done. Yes. So, because if not, it's not even going to be just like, oh, we want health care. Oh, they won't vote on health care. It's going to be Biden will take office and then I... I I mean, literally nothing. No, that's done. what they, he that's what be- they
0: do. And then, you know, that's always their strategy. They just block, 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 which mm-hmm. I, I recognize that's part of the reason that the Dems didn't really push on the Supreme court. Cause they were like, we got to get the affordable care act through. Um, yeah. but yeah, that the fact that that happened is one of the grossest examples of corruption mm-hmm.
1: ever. Oh yeah.
0: Um, but guys, thank you so much for listening. And please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Um, if you have any questions and you're a Patreon supporter of mine, you can go to patreon.com slash Kilkenny and send us any questions, recommendations. Um, yeah, I hope wherever you are, you're you're safe and happy um while knowing obviously that there's a long road ahead of us and this doesn't magically fix anything and we need to remain vigilant but uh I can't express how uh relieved I feel <laughs> right now that maybe maybe yep. we're on a different trajectory um cautiously optimistic just because so many people voted the turnout was so historic and young people really fucking kicked ass and that's awesome. And, uh, I would never, I don't want to be a boomer cause boomers are like, guys, we're fine. The young kids will fix everything, which is, uh, sh- a shitty thing to say. <laughs> and it's yeah. like you checking out early. It's like, where the fuck are you going? You helped create this problem. But uh, I, I just say, I look forward to, uh, being your, uh, ally and partner and doing this together absolutely yeah Uh, all right guys thanks so much for listening and while you're at it stay inside and cause a little trouble